Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single. Can someone help me out? He could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. From gay to straight, black to white. everybody and welcome to 2020 and welcome to the second half of season three it's like a brand new beginning and oh i promise to come back with a rejuvenated spirit and a fresh new attitude but if there's one thing i've learned over the last year and a half or almost two it's that you love it when i cry no no that's not it that's not what you love about this show you love this show because i'm honest about what i'm really going through so while i'd love to come at you with joy and excitement and a replenished drive for motherhood that is not at all where my head is at right now i can tell you that i'm a little better than i was a week ago but i'm not awesome and here's why i'm having doubts I know, I know, I know. (sighs) I don't know how to explain it. There's just so much backstory. As you may know from those mini episodes over the holidays, my dad had sepsis, which is a life-threatening blood infection. This was in late December. Then, weakened from the sepsis, he took a fall and broke his femur two days after coming home from the hospital. And so we basically all spent Christmas at a... the hospital and he was there until a couple days ago now he's in a rehab and I was uh reminded of my father's mortality and that that was hard for me and of course my mom's mortality and just seeing how everything would affect everything and looking at my family you know being immersed in this crazy family with all these children running around seeing how difficult it is for my siblings and their and their partners parenting and just it was all so much and then seeing it I kind of just sit on the edge of it all and watch and it's just so fucking hard and I'm like do I want that and I just have no idea and my family's never going to be the same as it was when I was a kid, when, when, oh God, what am I fucking crying about? Oh God. Hold on. Shape, shaking it off. Regrouping. Uh, gosh, is there a song that I could play or something? I can't think of a single thing to make this more fun. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay, I've, I'm back. I've got the perfect cure. Sunshine, my only sunshine 
Make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. <laughs> Please don't take my sunshine away. All right. Okay, I'm back. That took me about 15 attempts. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Long story short, the holidays were a big, maybe much-needed reality check for me. I don't know. Or they just stirred up a lot of emotions. They got me feeling all screwed up. In addition to that, my stomach started bothering me again right before Thanksgiving. I'd become a little lax with my diet and my drinking. I was doing coffees every now and again and wine every now and again. And I was going to town on the sugar because pies... I love to bake pies around the holidays. It it wrecked me. I started having constant heartburn-like symptoms, and then towards the end of December, the stomach pain was radiating up through my neck and into my ear and, and making my teeth hurt. It was really awful. And what I always end up realizing after having stomach problems for a while is how depressed it makes me and how awful I feel and how I'm a completely different person when my stomach feels shitty. I just retreat into my mind and start thinking that I'm going to feel like this forever and that there's never going to be relief for it and that that's not a good quality of, quality of life. Oh god, where's the guitar? <gasps> anyway, since I've gotten back, I've completely restricted my diet. I'm only eating like rice and quinoa and greens and other veggies, an apple here and there, zero processed food. My only vice is peanut butter and the jar full of dark chocolate chips that I have in my cupboard. I cannot stop eating these things at night and it makes me sick every time. <sighs> I, I can imagine you listening to this thinking this girl is, I don't know, I think I'm as fucked up as you do and that's the other reason I'm having doubts is that like I can't even get healthy how am I gonna have a kid and be healthy when I'm not gonna be having enough sleep when I'm not gonna be having enough time to meditate and exercise and eat correctly it's scaring me in addition to that my financial situation has changed a little bit a couple of things that I was working on are complete now and so I have to find new a new source of money and I'm just realizing how completely unstable this life is that I am living which is why I have applied for some normal jobs. <laughs> but in a very, very half-assed way. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I'm so fucked up. And then there's the fact that I will be using my frozen eggs. And I know a lot of you don't really get it. I think I've talked about this before. It seems like, why don't you just use those eggs? I just really don't want to. And I can't justify that. And then there's the part of me that thinks I got pregnant after trying only four times when I was 40 years old. What if I had just kept trying that way? Would I be pregnant right now? Would I have a baby by now? And why am I not doing that right now? Well, the answer to that question is that I still don't have a, a known donor and that donor sperm from the sperm bank is, you know, seven or 800 bucks. So all of that is on my mind. <laughs> Way to start the new year off right, baby! 
But that's not what this episode is about, and so we're going to get into the episode in just a second. Uh, I just want to say all those things are on my mind, and at the same time, I went to the fertility clinic this morning and had my ultrasound at the beginning of my cycle, and I am scheduled to do my egg thaw on January 23rd and my transfer on January 28th. I'm supposed to start my estrace tonight. How does that make you feel? Confident? (laughs) I don't know what to say. (laughs) If I change my mind, I can stop taking the estrace. Oh, God. I talked to Dr. Chung about it this morning, and I did leave feeling better than I arrived there. She is really, really wonderful and made me feel a lot better and told me that if I don't want to do it this month, we can put it on pause. Oh, and here's a secret that my mom doesn't know. I'm flying back to New York on Wednesday morning. I'm crossing my fingers she doesn't listen to this beforehand. Oh, shit, she might listen. Maybe she won't. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to cross my fingers she doesn't listen to this. My dad asked me to fly home so that I could take my mom out of town and take her on a little adventure. And he's so concerned for her. He's in a rehab now, uh, and he'll be there for at least another week. And so he thought, well, she doesn't have to, you know, run around taking care of him. I could take her to the Bahamas or something like that. So we don't have it planned yet, but I do have a ticket to fly home on Wednesday morning. (gasps) She is going to, she's going to hear this on Wednesday. Oh, shit. Mom. (laughs) Okay, I'm coming home, Mom. (gasps) (laughs) Robin's picking me up don't you even dare try and pick me up at the airport oh wait I forgot to tell you I did the ERA I did the whole month I did the protocol with the estrogen and then I did the injections of progesterone in my bum and then I did the ERA it was so painful here is a little snippet of that moment wow you're doing great okay deep breath Less than 30 seconds, okay? Yep, we're good. Okay, we're good. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> oh, Deep baby. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It's an interesting sound. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't I'm make me laugh. almost done, okay? Okay. Oh, my God. Ten more seconds. Uh-huh. <sighs> All done. Ah. Okay, you did awesome, okay? <laughs> Was that worse than you expected or better? Or, oh, I thought I'd be things. cooler about it. <laughs> Okay, now all of my updates are over and I'm in a much better mood now, so I think we can start the interview now. Her name is Nicole Parker, and you're going to hear all about her right now. Hi. Hi. So, Nicole Parker. Yes. Mad TV. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's it. That's all there is. Well, okay. (laughs) When when were you on Mad TV? Mad TV. I was on it from two... Thousand and I want to say three to two thousand and nine. Jeez, is that right? And it was on at the same time as SNL. <laughs> yeah, it started like at, at half an hour earlier, earlier, I think, or an hour earlier, depending on your time zone. What time does SNL start? At eleven thirty. Jesus, that's a late show. I, know. I can't even imagine it's being so funny up that when late. I'm like, gonna do. <laughs> 
lately when I've been asked to do certain improv shows like UCB, I'm like, it starts when? No. It starts at 11 p.m.? No, no one wants to see me do improv after 8. No, I don't I don't <laughs> want to leave my house after 6. And I, it's like I forget that there's the rest of the world with younger people in it because I go, who's going to see that show? And then it's sold out. I'm like, oh, right, younger people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to do so many shows at 11 and 11.30 oh, sure. in my yeah. 20s. You didn't and think about it. I'd be at the bar till 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. God, I just don't know how I did that. We were just, you know, it's a different time. I mean, different age. Is it? Yeah, different time, different age. <laughs> Both. I don't know. I might like this better. I mean, there are certain things that are better. There are certain things that I are mean, better. I mean, I don't and like being certain... lonely. <laughs> no. God, I hear that. I understand. <sighs> but like, there's a certain, you know, there's just a certain comfort that comes with like, oh, I'm good. Just, yes. the, just being able to say, I'm good. There was so much like, desperation before. So much desperation. And it's just like, oh, well, I don't even have the energy to like care about <laughs> what the other people think, you know? So we're, we're better for better for worse. Like I, the few things I spend money on are like, like a, a good hair color and a nice haircut. But I go to a place that someone recommended to me, like full on like Beverly Hills, like bungalow oh, yeah. is full of millennials who wear like eponine style berets with a chunky sweater and like big fat denim jeans like me. Now here's something that happened at this point which is something that happens throughout the rest of this interview. Basically this interview was about two hours long because we were in our bed and we kept losing track of time and you know we were just having a good time. Anyway I need to break in every now and again and paraphrase. Don't kill me. So did we go to this high school in the same year, 96, graduate? Graduate in 96. Did we, go to, did we go to high school in 96, graduate? <laughs> same? You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter what order you put the words in. Because as long my as brain rearranged them in my yes, brain it for makes, you. It makes sense. Oh, my God. Anyways, the point was is that normally I would go to a place like that like five or seven years ago and absolutely hate myself and be super worried about what I look like and I, now I just go in there and I just go oh look at you guys good for you yeah. look at you adorable girls yeah I'm literally like the older woman now who's like you're adorable I'm almost to that point where I'm like oh look at you but I'm still jealous and I think that's because I don't have a baby yet I that you that's know a what? fair point that's uh, yeah. a fair point because I'm like still, you you know what happens assholes have so much potential I'm and just, I was there at one point, right. and and look where I am now. You're gonna I end look, up like me. All that happens, no. All that <laughs> happens is once you have your baby, you'll just be jealous of different things. Oh, See, and now I'm just yeah. jealous of moms who seem to be doing better, and I'm oh. jealous of Instagram moms, and I'm I'm like jealous of all that oh, stuff. Gosh, not yeah. jealous, but I'm just like that's what I get self conscious about. Yeah, I'm already I mean? jealous of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I that's what I get self conscious. But but that's and this is let me get this out right off right off the bat. I really just want to say that I just think your podcast is it's one of the most important podcasts I've ever heard of for women it really is it's so it's so important it's like uh, I don't know I feel like you're I feel like you're getting women to talk about things every single time I hear someone's story I'm like shit women go through a lot whether it's getting pregnant whether it's what happened to you in your pregnancy whether all this stuff it's like everyone's story is like mind-blowingly different and difficult and you know what I mean but inspiring you know and everyone's sense of humor through it all especially your sense of humor through everything I just think it's a real you're doing women a service you're doing our society a service because it's still something we're not talking about like it's just still it's still like that's so weird you know to me. it's very very weird it's just you know it's like and and if i had had and and you know i guess i i feel bad that i didn't discover it earlier because i could have been listening to it when i was still going through this stuff and it would have oh. really helped me um but it's still helpful to to hear everyone's stories but um 
that is one of the things in terms of like Instagram and stuff is that like because I am so aware of how I always used to feel mm -hmm. I was very conscious not to put an ultrasound picture up because whatever for whatever reason that was what was always triggering for me it was like uh. got another damn ultrasound uh, but you know what's so funny is is I was just like uh, what am I gonna do if I do have a kid will I never post because I don't want to cause any problems for people still trying because even though it's, it's this weird thing I guess we'll get into right now which is like even though I have a baby now part of my brain or my lizard brain is still I still remember what that feels like yeah. I guess you know what I mean I guess I'm still well, trying to be so aware of all the other people out there still trying and I want to protect them and then at the same time, and then there's sometimes people who are like, no, no, it's good. And it's, it's, we want, we need to see success stories. You know what I mean? Um, it's like a fine balance, you know, yeah. but I kind of hit a point where, um, when I was pregnant and back in New York, visiting some friends and t having lunch with, um, it was an interesting collection of people. It was a woman who had just had a hysterectomy. It was a woman who had just broken up with her uh, boyfriend for a long time. And she's uh, just a few years younger than me. And then me very pregnant. And there was part of me that wanted to, because she, she said something that just made me so mad for women, so sad for me. She was just like, well, yeah, I guess I should have frozen my eggs because I didn't realize that relationship was going to fall apart at mm -hmm. eight months. And I was like, that is not your fault. You shouldn't have done anything. You know, you mm. should not, you should not feel like you had to do anything. You know what and I mean? And then she made a How mistake. about he was an asshole and like, it just sucks. And like, mm -hmm. and you, you didn't make a mistake. You know, yeah. I'm not going to speak for this person, but the fact that maybe he's kind of moved on to the next thing and not even thinking that, mm -hmm. but that the woman is like, oh, well, there goes the chance. You know what I mean? Like that just sucks that that's what you're left with feeling like that. Then I started to talk to her about it and I kind of realized, wait a minute, can I not speak to her about this stuff anymore? Cause I'm sitting here like this. You know what I mean? And I, and I got it. I was like, did you ask I her? maybe can't. I texted her. This is probably the, my answer. This is probably a bad thing. No. I texted her after apologizing and she never responded. Now we, <laughs> I was like, oh, then maybe that's my oh. answer. But then like months later, we talked to each other. So I think it's one of those things where she maybe didn't see the text, but yeah, yeah, I really yeah. hope it wasn't. Yeah. But I kind of had like a moment where I was like, okay, so like slow your roll next time you want to be like solidarity. I feel like there's got to be a new way that I do it so that I don't come across as, you know, because it was always really hard to me when like, Kid, women with kids my age or whatever be like it'll happen or just whatever they say where sometimes none, no, none of the advice seems to help right like sometimes yeah. all the advice is annoying um, yeah I don't know <laughs> I, well, I'm asking you. I mean, like, because I, because that's the only way is to ask other people who are still going through it what's annoying to them, like what is not helpful for them, you know? Um, I think that if somebody opens up to you about what they're going through, then mm -hmm. they are open to receiving. Well, no, they want you to listen. And they think that you can ask them if they want any advice. I loved that. I think that that's really the best thing you can tell anyone when it comes to this subject is, oh, they just want you to listen probably. And if they want advice, yeah, then give it. But I mean, whatever, I'm getting ahead of myself. I could tell you. Well, I mean, we don't even, I don't even know. Was. I know. You well, don't. listeners, I'd never met, <laughs> I know. never met Nicole before today. <laughs> I, I knew of her and I believe that I'd seen her do improv before. Is that possible? Did you it's do 100%, improv? 100%. For all that, of the dumb oh, improv shows I've done in okay, the last decade, okay. yes. Okay. It's possible that you might have had the misfortune to sit in one of them. <laughs> no, I think maybe a 2005. Uh, I was doing stuff at I.O. then. Yeah. 2005 is when I, I. O. Okay, mm -hmm. when I was a student. Then I went on to tell her how cool and famous I used to think she was. And then she argued with me and told me how uncool and unfamous she was. But she was on Mad TV. Anyway, she said it was a wonderful experience and that they all loved each other. Well, I thought you were cool, but I never, I never met you until today. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
And now I'm Seriously. in your bed. And now you're hanging out. We're hanging out uh, with my blind dog in my bed. Cute little my blind, blind little dachshund. dachshund. Yes. Okay. And so I actually don't know your story. I, know. I just well, know that you have one. So I, I want to hear it. Well, the reason that, you know, because I reached out to you because I've just loved this podcast so much. And uh, there are so many things that like resonated with me, even though I will be very upfront and say I have not begun to, I didn't walk the path and didn't have to go as deep as many, mm. many of my fellow ladies. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that and I'm grateful for that. But there's still that thing of identifying with the up all night, middle of the night. Oh my God. Especially you said something a little while ago of like just the um the timing of it or the get comfy. I'm She's Burt Reynoldsing it now. <laughs> <laughs> she has not taken off her clothes. But I do but my, like just you're in my, the pose. Just my you're in the pose. Yeah. <laughs> just your just your Burt Reynolds. And my chest hair. <laughs> chest hair. <laughs> but uh the, the timing of it. How, it feels like time wasted. Or how much time every... Oh, yeah. Uh, how much waiting you have to do the next time around. Or just this... Just the... Just the one more negative minus sign on the... You know, and it starts to feel like it, it, the minus sign pops up even faster than it has to. Like, oh, fuck you. Like, oh, can I, can I swear? Oh, God. You have family that please, listens. Please. I don't okay. No, it's okay. No, but it's just like always like a fuck you. I feel like a minus sign instead should just be a middle finger yeah. on like the pregnancy test because it's like, thanks. Because it yeah. might as well be. It's what it always felt like to There's me. There's one of them that says, it just says, no. <laughs> and I'm so just like, bleak. I know. you. I know. Come on. No, that's terrible. I never had one of those. Um. So yeah, I, um, here's the other thing too. It's like, I I hate that you feel like you're punished just because you couldn't find someone in time. You know what I mean? Like that, that also sucks. So just that alone would have like, well, you get married and then guess what? Maybe you don't want to have a kid right away. You want to enjoy being married, you know, all this stuff. And I remember like every time I talked to my OBGYN and she'd be like, I think when I was like 35 or 36, she's like, we don't have to have that conversation right now. It's like, oh, fine. And then all of a sudden it seems like I blinked and she was like, we should have that conversation now. And I was like, oh, damn. So I I did have this thing of like, we, you know, it's so hard in our business because you're like, well, I have this benchmark or I have this thing, you know, because I also did a lot of Broadway. I did Wicked. What? The, yeah. But were you? I was the Green Witch. Holy, the one who, holy cow. Who has to fly. But the point being that there's this whole other thing that I like to do, which is musical theater. And I pursued it for a while. And it's hard because it takes you away for like a year at a time. So like I did oh three shows on Broadway and each one of those was like a real commitment. Damn. And <clears throat> Wicked was one of them. And then I did the Wicked tour, actually. So basically, when you start getting down that rabbit hole of like wanting to pursue Broadway, it's eight shows a week. You have to live in New York. And there were so many times that I was just like, I really want to do this, but I don't see how then this makes me able to have a family. My husband works about here. So every job started being like somewhere around like when I turned 37, 38, every job that came up in New York, I'd have this like massive meltdown about, well, if I do it, okay, can I fly you out when I'm ovulating? Like this is how it becomes, you know, it becomes how you make it, how you make your career decisions, you know, it becomes everything. And so then it's like, I've, you know, I gave up a couple big things to stick, not a ton. And when they, it was mostly because I was like, I feel like I know how this is going to play out. And luckily they did play out as I thought they did. Mm. But I still don't know how it would have gone if I had taken those jobs, you know. And, you probably... and if you had told like the 10 year ago me, you'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Take that job. Like one of them was to do a new musical in London. Like it's crazy <gasps> to me that I didn't do that because I was like, I have to have a kid and I want to start now. And if I have problems, I'd, re- I'd like to know now. Yeah. I'd like to know earlier than later if I'm, if I'm going to have problems. You know what I mean? Which is the crazy thing about Which fertility. Which did. Yes. You can't know until you start exactly. trying. Exactly. Even if like you 
uh, you know, and, and I, which I didn't even realize, but now that I've learned from actually talking to a lot of other people, plus hearing from you, but like, even if you freeze your eggs, that's not even yeah. a guarantee, which is so shitty. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that they could maybe not survive Do or whatever. Do you know anybody that's frozen their eggs that, that has had a baby from that? Not, I don't know. Uh, because I don't. Because I'm not and really, I really asked like when to it talk came to, to that, them. But that's because I've only talked to people that I know it hasn't of, actually, worked Actually, okay, and I can think of two people. I know of two people. It, <laughs> turn around, Molly. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor kid, he's so oh hungry. Oh my god, that was the cutest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. In my he's life. doing a flyby. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to meet him. Oh, thanks. Oh my god, she, his her hubby put the baby Basically in the just window. Did like a Harpo there, situation with the baby. There was a baby in the window. There's a baby in the window. Oh my gosh, um, how cute. Anyways, what is he about three months? Shut up! How dare you? <laughs> We've already talked about how people think my baby is younger than he is because he's on the small side. <laughs> and it's very upsetting to me. Uh, um, five months. I have a real months. complex about he's five months. So I took a job and again was just like, well, I didn't have as good an attitude because when things weren't going well, I kept thinking this job has to succeed. Otherwise, it wasn't worth giving up the time spent trying to have a baby. Yeah, Does that make sense? Totally. It was like the stakes go way higher. It's like, well... I'm throwing all the eggs in this basket and yeah. it, it, it's got to, it's got to, it's got to be nominated for Tony. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. got, I, I better get an award for this, you know, yeah. and, and you start doing that because otherwise it, it won't be worth it. And that's also stupid because that doesn't mean it's worth it either. Um, but you sort of assign these things to it that it has to become. And it was definitely not that it was like a huge failure <laughs> and got terrible reviews. And so anyways, I had my first panic attack doing that show literally while I was, Oh, no, it happened actually on my first day off, but then it would happen on stage several times. No. Mine was not so much as um, uh, I would just feel like I was going to pass out. Wow. And I really, really thought I was dying. I mean, it's the way that people describe a panic attack, right? Yeah. But I had all the blood tests done. I had all the, and I'm a super hypochondriac too, you should oh. know. Um, so I'm just like, it's a brain tumor. I'm dying, you know. <laughs> and then the person's like. Are you, have you been in a stressful situation? And it's like, yeah, I'm in a show that I hate. I don't eat. Mm. It's physically challenging. It's the dead of winter. I'm away from my husband. You know, yeah. it was just a perfect combination of awful things. And so it was like, okay, th th let's stop all this. Let's change. I'm going to go home. We're going to start trying. So that was when I think I was about like, what, 38? And um, yeah, sure enough, there were so many of my friends that started at the exact same time yeah. who were my age pregnant right away. Ugh. There were like five friends, you know what I mean? Ugh. Where it was just like, oh my God, it was the first try. And I was just like, yeah, okay, I knew it. And that's when immediately people started saying stuff to me. I mean, I got myself a great therapist right after I came home from that. And um, it's we talked about it, about that all the time. It was like definitely one of the most primary things that we talked about. And she never said it. But then that's when you get the advice of like, well, stress isn't going to help, you know, which is uh -huh, just like, uh -huh. okay, well, thanks. Cause that, all right, now I'm going to even stress more because right. I don't know how to not stress. And around that time I had to move in. <laughs> we, we, so I'm here in Anaheim. This is where you're talking to me from. And I lived in LA, <laughs> Silver Lake for a very long time. Okay. So then she goes on to tell me that she and her husband end up moving in with his parents in Anaheim, which is not the best environment to, you know, try to make a baby. And cause when, you know, you don't know if your in-laws are going to walk in on you when you're trying to have sex. Anyway, she found a new obstetrician down in Anaheim, happened to be a friend from her high school, and she got her AMH tested. We were literally on the beginning of a long houseboat trip with my entire in-law family, so oh. like in the middle of nowhere. The last phone call that I get was, you know, her being like, yeah, so your numbers are lower than I want them to be. I was just devastated. Oh. I mean, it took, it, it was, it knocked me down. And so I'm surrounded by a lot of 
families with children. Every other year I'd have to go to a Thanksgiving, not have to, but there would be a Thanksgiving reunion with truly like 20 families. And it's just me and my dog. I'm the only woman without a baby. And it was like babies on babies on babies. It's like the babies are giving the bottle to the other babies because like (laughs) there's so many. Like it's literally like the two-year-old's taking care of the one-month-old. I mean, there's so many babies. It was really, really hard. Because it's like, oh my gosh, every other year it's like, oh, you had another one? (laughs) Like how is this possible? I'm still (laughs) trying for one. So as soon as she got back from her family houseboat trip, her OB put her on Clomid. Clomid did not work out for me. Mm. I was the kind of person that had all the cysts left over afterwards. Like, A, it didn't, like, do anything. Uh Like, and it left me with... So speaking of missing time, because then you have to miss a whole nother month, right? Because they have yep. to wait for those to go Cysts away. To go and because away. I'm a hypochondriac, when I hear the word cyst in me, I'm like, oh, great. So, all right. Yeah. Basically, Clomid, I think I did three rounds of it. And um, why would they do it again if they gave you cysts? Well, because I did it, it once work. with my OBGYN, uh-huh. right? And then a second time with... Uh, a fertility uh-huh. doctor and then I didn't like that guy and I went to another one and they did it again okay this is the other thing I don't know if you've had this experience your doctor seems amazing thank you and I feel like <laughs> that's rare in what is I think just kind of big business at this point oh. I feel like with fertility I feel like it's so many times it's like they're making money do you know what I mean yeah. and it's yeah. like I encountered very little personable people like very few personable yeah. people I felt the transaction of it all and I get it these people's jobs is to get me pregnant not to like hold my hand but I was like there's kind to be a little bit of there's kind of be a little bit of connection socially like because otherwise how am I supposed to feel com- I mean this is already so hard you know yeah. so the first guy was very technical so then I went to a different woman and I went to a place down in Newport Beach which is like where all the real housewives are going to uh-huh. you know go through infertility and this place I this place was a little better <laughs> they played and I'm not kidding John Mayer on a loop <laughs> as if his sounds would just like make women's ovaries just oh burst God. every time I went there and there was this like really like young hot I called her soccer nurse because she looked like a young hot soccer player like from Newport Beach and she was always the one that like took my blood and like it's all just so impersonal it was, it, at least it was for me there yeah. at this place and it depressed me you know yeah. so I did two one round of Clomid and two did two I one one IUI and um we did something else, and now I can't remember. But I know but it was three different tries. But when you're doing the climate and stuff, uh, these are, you're just still trying naturally at home. You're not. We were. We were just okay. still trying. But then I did Clomid plus the the IUI, mm-hmm. and um, that was more. Someone has mentioned that it was painful. It was painful for me too. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's never been painful for me. It but it, I think it hurts me. having the catheter put in there. Yes, it's all, it only hurt. But also, one time. I had really bad cramping from it. I actually, I will say, the three times that Doctor Kalen did it, I didn't feel it. Interesting. I wonder if it is like who does, who administers it. Maybe. So yeah, I'd say it was like probably a six month process between the waiting, the Clomid, the waiting, the IUI, the waiting, mm-hmm. you know. I found out from the H, why do I still not know you what You can it's, call it HSG. Uh, yeah, yeah, the HSG that I have, someone described the, the the other shape, but I have an arcuate uterus, which uh, is a great name for a... I've never heard of this. The arcuate uterus is a form of a uterine anomaly or variation where the uterine cavity displays a concave contour towards the fundus. Normally, the uterine cavity is straight or convex towards the fundus on anterior-posterior imaging, but in the arcuate uterus, the myometrium of the fundus dips into the cavity and may form a small septation. Are you ready? This is how they describe it. Yes. Oh, it's just the uterus has a dent in it. <laughs> <laughs> what it really means is that they have to just watch the amniotic fluid. It just means oh, okay. that they have to make sure that it's like there's enough. Yeah. So I got to the point where I was about to turn 40. I think I had done the final round of clomids. So that would have been the fourth round. And I didn't get my period for like, I don't know, 
a month and a half or two months and I felt crazy. And I was oh. like, and I did something that like you should never do, which is right when you're about to turn 40, stop everything, uh-huh. you know, because I was just like, okay, this is, I feel crazy. I feel terrible. We were about to move to this house. Finally, mm-hmm. a lot was happening. And I was like, I'm just going to give myself a break. It, I know I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that, but I'm just going to give myself a break because you know, and, and what's going to happen is we'll move and then I will do IVF. We'll just start it. Do you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. not doing any of this other stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not even waiting for another IUI. Like I can just tell this stuff isn't hap- working for me. Yeah. And I was nervous about it. I was a total wimp about making the phone calls and looking up people. And um, I was really intimidated by how intense it looks. You yeah. know, I'll be honest. Like I have such respect for everyone that has gone through it and that sticks with it and something that really bothered me too when people would say which is I think I heard you say the same thing which is like you'll get your baby one way or another and I'm like the problem with that too is it implies that if I do want to take a break right now for example or if I do decide that one cycle too many is enough or whatever then it's on me then somehow it is still my fault because I didn't push my body far enough to get that baby Mm -hmm. you know and again I just feel like everything's set up to make ladies feel like they didn't try hard enough or it's on them or they didn't you know and um that that always bummed me out you know to hear that it's just reminding me of like the when getting the advice of you know stop trying or stop thinking about it or stop stressing about it all the time but when you don't have a, a husband, a yes. boyfriend, whatever, yes. Yes. it's not going to happen spontaneously. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I don't understand why people would say that to me. Yes. That's very, that, that's very You're trying too hard. You're well, trying to, what, well, what else am I, I going to, if do I don't try, if I don't try, I'm definitely not going to have right. a baby. Right. Yeah. That and, must be incredibly frustrating. And I bet there's people, and maybe me every once in a while, <laughs> that think, Maybe if I hadn't started this whole thing, I would have had a boyfriend or a husband by now and could be trying naturally with one. No, I disagree. But I, I don't feel like I, this I, is I don't who you are. This happen. is exactly what you should be doing. And the person who's going to be with you is going to be with you in, also because of this. I, I guess I just remember that feeling so well of like, why is it so easy for so many people? Why is it so hard for me? Why is like the one thing that's supposed to cost nothing yeah. costing me thousands of dollars? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, that's the insult to injury. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's upsetting about sharing this part of the story is that I feel like now I've become one of those people who was like, it just happened. But it's not like it just happened. Oh, I'm excited um, well, to hear what we, you're about we to moved. say. I had a lot of crazy career things happen in that year whatever that was 2018 it was a very very crazy year um we, uh, we did uh, we we stopped trying trying you know what I mean I was yeah. I threw those damn ovulation kits I stopped doing that for a while um but then I did have to make an appointment with a with a doctor named Dr. Hatch how hilarious um but I had like gotten a lot of different recommendations but I made the appointment in August and it was for December because she was like that popular oh my gosh so I was like okay fine I'll make it for December 
and then we'll try consciously maybe for like one or two months and it was like Halloween week and of course my husband wants to say that it was his idea that was right where he was just like we should literally be doing it like four times a day and I was like that's that's physically impossible (laughs) but sure enough I was like fine it's like his birthday month I was like let her rip and and then of course sure enough that and then and I'm telling you it was just so random to me because I was already decided in my head like we're gonna have this appointment it's gonna happen Mm. that it was just literally a week where I noticed I was in a relatively good mood for when I should be getting my period. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> and I was just alone with the dog. And I was like, I have w- I had one test literally forgot about it. You know what I mean? Like, and you had that, never gotten a positive before. Never gotten a positive before. Oh, my God. Um, so that's the other thing is that at my age, I also didn't know if I, I had right? not, you know, like, so I didn't even know if I could get pregnant. But um, I looked at it and I just started laughing. I really was just like, are <laughs> you? kidding me like what and you know I called my friend she was like take a ton more she like drove to Target I bought like a thousand more and (laughs) and, you know it was it was delightfully the opposite of when it would come up so quickly no they came up before I could even stand up like bing 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 you know just like all them pregnant so I was like okay I guess I maybe am and but like I know my husband and I know me I was like I'm gonna go get a blood test immediately you know what yeah. I mean and then it was just that bizarre thing where again both of us didn't want to get our hopes up I was like there's no way that's gonna mm-hmm. I was pretty cynical I was like well this is my first time like I have to be very realistic about the fact that this might not work out yeah. you know and so that six-week wait is crazy yeah and they're like we're not even gonna treat you as a regular pregnant person until like there's something there I was like oh so when we went in for it, we heard a heartbeat. It was great. They, they bring you into a separate room and they tell you a bunch of stuff. And she like buried the lead. I was like, wow, I can't believe nothing's wrong. She's like, oh, and there's also like a subchronic hemorrhage. You know, I was just like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, uh, and again, uh, it's <laughs> back to the theme of well, what do we do about that? Just keep an eye on it. So we haven't <laughs> talked about subchronic hemorrhages on the on the podcast oh, yet. You'll we'll get point. to do a, 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 a cutaway. Yeah. Subchronic bleed, also known as a subchronic hematoma, is the accumulation of blood between the uterus lining and the chorion, which is the outer fetal membrane next to the uterus or under the placenta itself. It occurs in about 3.1% of all pregnancies. It is the most common sonographic abnormality and the most common cause of first trimester bleeding. So if the hematoma ruptures, then it's a hemorrhage, I believe. They're literally like, just don't like, just literally like, don't ride any horses or bounce on trampolines. I'm like, well, I would literally do neither <laughs> one of those activities. I'm nauseous. <laughs> it's Christmas. What am I doing? Going to the horse and trampoline park. <laughs> so it's just, it's something that usually gets absorbed into the lining that goes away, but it can like burst yeah. and then cause a pro- massive problem. A lot of the time in early pregnancy, you can have bleeding and you can think you're having a miscarriage, but this is actually a lot of the time it is actually a subchorionic hemorrhage. This happened to two of my friends recently, and they're both still pregnant. And both past three months, you guys, you know who you are. And it's like, I know that they're actually quite common. It's that kind yeah. of thing that like, the reason she told me so last minute is that it just really isn't, you know, but it's like, right. they, you know, they draw on a piece of paper and like, all of a sudden you're just like, oh God, this is happening to my body. And this is, a, you know, and now someone else is involved and now I have to really worry about it. You know, I just, I had to be on a plane, I don't know, weeks after that, as I have, I do concerts, I do symphony concerts. What? And, um... <laughs> 
I do. I, I do. You sing I try get, in concerts? Like, I like do. Sim- with, sim- with a symphony? Yes, I do. It's yeah. kind of the only job I had for like the last few years. What is <laughs> well, that's not what true. That, but what kind of, it's like classical well, music? Well, one of them is, no, 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 no. One of them is based on Wicked. It's a, me oh. and another girl who plays the, played the other part, the Glinda part. Uh-huh. Um, and we do a bunch of songs from Wicked, but also from like other divas from other musicals okay. and whatever. And then another one is an 80s show oh that gosh. I do. Like, so they're pop shows, you know? Oh, cool. Cool. It's very, it's really, really fun. Um, oh but uh, it was just nerve wracking for this time because it was like, okay, I'm gonna like I have friends who do eight shows a week on Broadway, uh, nauseous and pregnant. I'm like, how? Oh my god! How in the world do you do it? This is only like one or two nights. But I was nervous about flying with it because I was like, what about turbulence? What if the turbulence is like a horse or a trampoline? Right. Um. So they were like, just come in again and you can take you can take a look. And my sister would just be like, don't go on the internet right now. Throw all the books away for right now. Just don't do anything. Just yeah. sleep and be happy and eat or whatever. And yeah. it was pretty good advice. Yeah. And then her husband dropped off baby because baby needed to eat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. So it went away. The cor- subcoronic hemorrhage went away. Thank goodness. And then it, it was actually pretty smooth sailing for a little while. Um, anyways, so whatever. Other than that, it was fine. The months were fine. And then we got to about June where my dog uh, su- suffered sudden blindness. <laughs> Which is a thing that occurs with dachshunds. Yes. I didn't, I sudden didn't acute know. retinal degeneration syndrome. Sards. I just got a question while, while you got your booby out. Yes. <laughs> um, um, my question is about... Um, Vanity or not vanity? Uh, what is it? Oh, oh like um, uh, uh, <laughs> I know exactly oh, what you're talking about. N- not shyness, but yeah, like shyness. A, yeah, yeah, but yeah. What is the word? <laughs> I literally can't think of it. It doesn't matter. I got a question about it though. Were you? Do you do you breastfeed in public? Um, <laughs> hang on a second. Okay, you're not. The, um, I use a nipple shield on the right side because I have. What some people might call a shy nipple. <laughs> what is what's the or word? Or inverted. Oh, when okay. You, when you buy a shield that literally says for shy or inverted nipple. Shy is hysterical. It's to, like tucked to away. To ascribe an emotional adjective to a body part is very funny oh to me. Oh my God, that's so funny. And I've just never quite gotten him to be able to really get going on it. And I'm just like, fine. Are you getting milk? Yes. I'm going to just do this. So there's like so much controversy surrounding almost any part of raising a child so and sure enough there is with shields too but so if anyone's listening out there I'm, I'm aware but like look he's eating and it's fine wait there's something wrong with a shield uh yeah they don't want like you to do it like if a lactation consultant like hears about it they're just like what does it they do think it's a shortcut it literally is it on there like now provide- while mm-hmm. it's in his mouth mm-hmm. yeah it's just basically like a um well, well look at it. it's basically like a bottle uh, it's like it's oh. like drinking out of a bottle so when he was really little and when he was losing weight, because that that's what happened in my case, it happens a lot, because um, mm-hmm. my milk took forever to come in. He was not only starving, but also having a really hard time because I have my because of my shy nipples. <laughs> I mean, my sister apparently even looked and was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't realize like how truly flat they are." I mean, this is really great talking about my nipple side. But your question about feeding. So the, the reason why I haven't really breastfed in public is because of actually you the, the, the shield, and because no, because it's kind of like physically. I found it kind of a nightmare to try to do. Like I try to do it at a restaurant. I, I did it at one restaurant in um in a booth, and that was great. And I had a cover but the cover was so annoying because he kept yanking it you know and I was like I really do wish I could just whip it out and I probably could have and should have because I I don't I would vanity oh (laughs) (laughs) the exact same word you said (laughs) it's the exact same word that's so funny 
okay, buddy. Keep going. Sorry. You're okay. That is so <laughs> funny. No, I'm looking oh it up because God. I can't stand it. I'm looking it up because I can't what stand it. What are you going to look up, though? Well, I'm going to have to uh, – um, I'm going to look up indecency <laughs> because it's the opposite of it. Oh. So uh, to answer your question, when I've been out, I've gone to places that have a little lounge simply just because it's nicer. Because he gets distracted. So it's much nicer to just go sit in like a side part of a bathroom on a couch uh. and, and breastfeed. It's like so much better. And I don't and I don't cover up then. I mean, yeah. you know, there's ladies walking in. No one cares. Yeah. Probably because I've done so much theater, yeah. uh, you are constantly around tons of people backstage doing quick changes, ripping clothes off. Everyone's seen everything. It's like I have no issue. Like yeah. literally still can't come up with the word. Modesty? that's it that's it that's it is it yep absolutely modesty yep okay we got it we got it jack oh you smiling he's a happy boy that's how i know you're almost done don't worry she fed him for more than four minutes but i edited out about 15 uh so then i got back from new york i took one last trip and then the dog went blind that's right so i got um gestational hypertension i had passed the the diabetes test and then all these different things and I will say that it's all advanced maternal age now people don't use the right. phrase geriatric pregnancy thank god but what is interesting about being pregnant at this age is especially if you're like a warrior like me it is very hard to at any point even really kind of <laughs> I don't want to say enjoy being pregnant but to me I just felt like I was like I felt like I really did a good job I meditated I tried to stay calm but I was like there's something around the corner there's just always something around the corner mm-hmm. and there are so many scans like they, I had to go do like a monthly like full like involved you know which for me was probably good because I worry so much I was like well there he is he's fine okay there he is there he is and I'm very bad at getting my blood pressure taken so <laughs> it's a bad combination because not only was it high but it was especially high because I totally have like whatever white coat syndrome where you just like start if you think about it the second they start taking your blood pressure oh, you, you get do? nervous oh yeah I totally do I'm like here we go oh my gosh. <laughs> I just get stressed out so I had to buy a monitor and like take it at home and like I would get home and literally report back to my doctor what it was at home you know wow. what I mean um, but in general it was still high and in the end, you know, it was, I was diagnosed with gestational hypertension. And then that puts them on massive preeclampsia watch. And yes. every time someone asked me what preeclampsia was, I'd be like, yes, I know what it is because it was on that Downton Abbey episode where that woman died and it was the worst thing Sybil. I've ever seen. Sybil. <sighs> and I literally remember watching that going, if I ever get pregnant, I'm only going to be thinking about that. Oh episode. my God. So that was happening. And then I got this like blister on my finger. It was just like little blister. I was like, that's annoying. What's that? And then it was like a little bigger. I was like, oh, it's like a blood blister. And then it got like kind of big. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is weird. I was like, well, eventually it'll pop and it'll be fine. And I totally forgot because of, you know, being pregnant and everything else in the year that I had not renewed my license for like months. As you know, this was in the third, this was in June. And as you know, my, my birthday's in February. (laughs) And so I was like, wow, I'm going to be an eight month pregnant lady going to the DMV. So I went and it was already kind of a thing because I was like, at this point, I developed something called PGP, pelvic girdle pain. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I got all I sorts of good things for you, baby. Up. I got all sorts of new things for you. Pelvic girdle pain is a pregnancy discomfort that causes pain, instability, and limitation of mobility and functioning in any of the three pelvic joints. PGP can begin as early as the first trimester of pregnancy. Pain is usually felt low down over the symphysial joint 
and this area may be extremely tender to touch. Pain may also be felt in the hips, groin, and lower abdomen and can radiate down the inner thighs. Women suffering from PGP may begin to waddle or shuffle and may be aware of an audible clicking sound coming from the pelvis. Ow! PGP can develop slowly during pregnancy, gradually gaining in severity as the pregnancy progresses. There's a hormone called relaxin. Oh. And I'm not kidding you. It's called relaxin as if it's an apostrophe at the end. So <laughs> And it helps, like, literally loosen the pelvis, the pu- the pubis area, so that it'll be able whittle. <laughs> it'll, it'll be able to it'll be whittle. It'll be able to let the baby out. But for some people, it happens so much that it that it's basically separating, Uh-oh. and it causes you to straight up waddle. And when I would get up in the morning, I would honestly have to put my hands on either side of the door like that. It was so. And when you want to roll over in bed, it is a an event. It literally is like brace yourself, move one. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Move another. It hurts so bad. It hurts it's, so you bad. You have too much relaxin. You have too much relaxin. Feels like immense pressure. You oh. know what I mean? Immense, immense pressure. But when you're up and walking, it's like you you're waddling. You is know there what I mean? a danger that your baby could fall? There's out. not a danger, no. But uh, so more on that later. So at okay. this point, this has started happening as well. How so I'm months? already at the DMV with kind of like the PG. I'm at the DMV with the PGP. You know me. <laughs> and and I'm I'm there, and people were really kind. Like there's a long line, and a woman held my purse for me, and it was so nice. I Everything was such, by that point, and now it's hot, it was just, it was a lot, and I just kept thinking, what's going to go away after the baby? Mm. Um, And so I get, and I've got this damn thing on my finger, and it's my ring finger on my right hand, and I I get up to the thing, finally, to the counter, and the guy literally goes, oh my God, and I can't see what he's looking at, Uh and I move my wallet, and the counter is just (gasps) covered with blood. No! It has burst at the DMV, but it has, because I was pregnant... I was later told that like you get you have such an excess of blood. It's also why singing was great because like your vocal cords actually had more. Uh, oh hell yeah! Yeah, I sounded amazing. I'll never sound that good again. Oh my god! And then I was so pregnant that I couldn't even breathe and I couldn't sing anymore. But there's so much blood coursing through your body extra extra that um, <laughs> I know word syntax again. Um, so there's so much extra blood coursing through your through your system. So it just it was like a car accident. I mean, he was like, oh, I thought you. Would into labor i'm like well i don't know how the blood would have gotten up here but that's okay you're a man <laughs> um and people are looking i mean he had to go get wipes we're like wiping it down it got on some brochures like it was like oh a, my god it was comical a crime scene it was a crime scene should have called the hazmat team i mean they almost had to but we had these clorox wipes and oh then he god. gave me like many band-aids and I had to wait in line like w- to take my picture it was his- it was hysterical and ridiculous Oh and God. I was like, okay, fine. Now it's going to go away. Well, it didn't. So oh. it reforms. It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, what is this alien stranger things on my on my finger? And two weeks later, I had my shower and I'm sitting there and I've got like, you know, all these band-aids on it. And I, I had explained to some of the ladies there what it was. And I'm opening my first present. No. And, I, and it explodes again. But I was very quick. I was like, I'll be right back. Thank you very much. And I just leave. Okay. And like three of the women run in and they're like, how are you? What's going on? Can I see it? So I'm like, I have to get this checked out because this is not normal. Yeah. So I go in. Are you ready? Here comes another one. No. Pyogenic granuloma. Okay. Yep. Oh, my God. I just opened up the pyogenic granuloma page on DermNet. <laughs> These pictures are insane. Good gracious. Okay. What is pyogenic granuloma? 
It is a relatively common reactive proliferation of capillary blood vessels. It presents as a shiny red lump with a raspberry-like or minced meat-like surface. Although they are benign, pyogenic granulomas can cause discomfort and profuse bleeding. What causes them? Unknown. Trauma, infection, hormonal influences, drug-induced, viral infection. Who gets them? Everyone, all people. Women are affected more often than men because of their relationship with pregnancy. It rarely occurs in children less than six months old. But Look this up if you're curious. I won't post it because I'll get yeah, yelled at. It, it's not necessarily connected to pregnancy, but because I was pregnant, it was worse. It's like a blood blister from another planet that will not go away because at birth it has to be surgically removed. Wow. So they're like, we have to take this thing off. They're like, do you want to wait till you give birth or not? No one described to me what this procedure would be like. Uh-huh. So part of me was like, oh, I'd let Red rather wait. Thank God I did not wait. It was a 40-minute procedure where they truly, and I can show you pictures later unless you're a, um, no. squeamish, but unless you're modest. <laughs> but um, it it looked like I stuck my finger in a paper cutter and they just chopped off the tip at a diagonal. Like I was missing half my finger. Oh my god! And, what was, and and I they had to cauterize it, and I'm literally on this table, literally so pregnant. I just said literally twice. Sorry, so pregnant. How dare you? And well, I know we use it too much. I was literally pregnant. Um, and <laughs> when I looked down, I immediately burst into tears because I wasn't told what it was going to look like, and because they said that I can't bandage it up. I was left with a truly, and I'm sorry for anyone who is triggered. You just have to warn people if they like don't like hearing squeamish things. But it was truly an open wound that I was told to go home and clean twice a day and could not cover up and I was like I have I I what how do I sleep I, I'm gonna yeah how do you I'm sleep go, I could go into labor in any moment like what how I don't I don't understand I don't understand what have you done to me and he was very nice he's like you can text me anytime I took a picture of it every day and sent him a picture I was like there's no way this is gonna heal it healed within two and a half weeks but just before I gave birth and can you imagine I'll show you pictures try to imagine changing a diaper Yes. breastfeeding with this open wound on your hand like yeah. i mean truly Can upsetting oh and you would never know but i do have i have no feeling in it <laughs> and i don't think i ever will because i truly think all the nerve endings were you can't see a thing they had to cut the nail they had to cut everything should i show you a picture what? right now to give you a full um effect oh sure yeah, i'll show you a picture yeah. right now so you can in real time be gasp. amazed <laughs> yeah so be be have a gasp oh my um, god it was so, and again, my vagina's hurting already just <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> um, Is that a thing I've talked about on the podcast before? Yeah, I think so. Have Have you? When I hear about painful cuts, oh, open you know cuts, what? I remember, my vagina and hurts. I was right with no, but you said it was something belly different as well. The bell, I have the belly button thing completely. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely do. Okay, so I just looked up the vagina thing, and there are a lot of people out there that get a pain in their hoo ha when they see someone get hurt. Here are a couple voices from the internet. As I've gotten older, a strange reaction to other people and even animals' pain has been getting stronger. I have a sharp electric shock-type pain in my vaginal area. It's not enjoyable at all. It's pain. Let's see. Mine is a shooting, stabbing sort of pain straight up my vagina. Whenever I see someone get hurt, fall, whether in person or on television. Da-da-da-da. In response to seeing someone get hurt, particularly grazed, ugh, even the word, I feel an awful cringe-inducing twinge in my vagina. I recently mentioned it to friends and everyone thought I was a weirdo. Let's see. Uh, I have also experienced that electrical shock shock sensation in my vaginal region when someone gets hurt or I hear someone getting hurt. 
Oh, someone says this means you are an empath that does not have their abilities under control. It requires having your root chakra grounded. This may sound crazy, but do some research and you find this to be true. I am a 44-year-old woman that also feels this electrical shock in my vagina. It is something I am working on now since I was always too embarrassed to say something before. So I only get this pain when somebody describes their cut and how it happened. Like I remember a story about my nephew getting out of the pool and he scraped the, the his shin on the side of the edge of the pool and oh god I just ah anyway that's when it happens to me when I hear about it. Anyway, back to Nicole. <laughs> um, so here this is like a slightly less dis- oh, I don't know this they're all bad. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh. I told you. I told you it was horrifying. Oh. I had to take a Q-tip and touch oh. that. I know. With soap. Twice a day I had to do that. Soap? Yes. I had to clean it. What? You, you can't use Neosporin. You can't use anything. The, the skin just has to regenerate oh on its God. own. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So oh, my God. I finally came up with, like, a system to put it. You know those little silver splints you can get, like, if you, like, break yeah. your finger? I had one from earlier that year when I closed it in a car door, oh. the other finger, <gasps> um, on the opposite hand. But um, And I kind of, like, did this weird thing. So it was, like, it wasn't me cut, going it was to suspended. bed. Me going to bed was hysterical. And it's not even – I'm not even there yet. But it was, like, like, flipping over with the pelvic thing and then keeping my finger – you know, an air elevated and, and it would, the, 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 the gauze would fall off at night and it was a whole thing. And again, I would go, wow, this is a challenge. So then <laughs> a, a couple weeks later, this was all like, a, like about six weeks time, like from, from June to when I, and I delivered it in July and I woke up and I was doing my meditation and, um, I had this weird, my tongue was weirdly numb the no. day before. Yeah. <laughs> And I start meditating and I realize I cannot close my left eye. Oh, no. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't close my left eye. Oh, my God, I can't smile. And I'm like running out to my husband. This was early in the morning. It was like six in the morning. Uh, I don't know why I was up so early. And I was like, my face is dying. My face is my face is being paralyzed. And I, I and I had um just like Anastasia. Uh, uh-huh. that, that's a crazy sounding again the p- things that women have to deal with oh my gosh um, yeah just like she had already looked up the caudalay uh, uh, equina thing good memory well i just listened to it oh. <laughs> uh-huh. um i had looked up tumnungness just for the hell of it last the night before because of course i can't stay off <laughs> i can't stay off <laughs> i can't stay off and it said bell's palsy and i was like yeah. Ugh, i probably have bell's palsy yeah so i call my doctor and she's like I hate to tell you, but I really need to go to the ER to make sure it's not a stroke. And I'm like, great. Oh, my God. So nine months pregnant, get in the car. I've got my pyogenic. I've got my cutoff finger that's still healing. I get in the car. We go. I get into the ER and they grab a wheelchair because I'm nine months. I'm like, no, no, not here for this. Look at my face. Yeah. And they get me in very quickly. And there was really no one there. It's a perfect time to go to the ER. Um, (laughs) And this doctor comes in who's just the worst out of central casting, like dick, like ER doctor, who takes a look at me really quickly and then goes this, this, do this. Ah, It's so weird. You're the second person day with Bell's palsy, huh? So, you know, just in that dismissive kind of way. And he said, here's the thing. You have it in your mouth and you have it in in your eye, but your forehead is still moving. So it still could be a stroke. (laughs) So we have to do an MRI. Oh. 
And I had you, never done an MRI before. Can you do an MRI yeah, when you're pregnant? Yes, I, I, I have everyone looking it up. I'm calling every friend that I know who's a doctor. I'm talking to my own friend, who, my, my own friend who is my doctor. Uh-huh. She's like, the kind they're going to do is fine. She's like, also, your baby's cooked. Like, he's literally, I was literally like 39, well, I was at 38 weeks. Yeah. And she was like, if we have to take him out today, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, why? Because you'd have to then, because so like, they're like, the worst case scenario is we have to take him out today and then we have to do surgery on you. Oh my God. <laughs> having a stroke. And so, yeah, I mean, they, they, they were very nice, but like, it was really hard because they keep saying things. They have to keep legally saying things to you. Like, do you understand that you're going to have an MRI? Do you understand? Are you, you know, are you willing to, you know, are you okay with it? And I just kind of kept saying, no, I'm not okay with it, but I've been told I have no choice. You know, right, like, yeah. I don't know what to do. And then I just <sighs> thought, well, well, kid, like you and I have been through a lot. Like if you make it through this, we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not necessarily claustrophobic, but I think anyone is claustrophobic in yeah. a goddamn MRI. And do they have to put your whole body in or do no, they turn you really and No, and that really helped because I could see my knees. I could see my legs and that helped. And I, it just really made me feel for anyone who has had to have that done and has yeah. to have it done multiple times, especially for scary things. And like, ugh, like, why does it have to be so loud? I was like, well, if I didn't have a headache, now I do. Um, yeah, and luckily he came in eventually. And I, one of the nurses very kindly was like, it already says discharge on your, on your paperwork, so I think you're okay. It says it in the system. And he continued to be the worst doctor ever because he was like, so yeah, it's Bell's palsy. So we do a steroid pack and, uh, and you know, and then, and I can't tell you when you'll see some, some, some results. Um, you know, in some cases it never resolves. Oh my and God. And Seth was like, I wanted to kill him. He's like, you don't know who you're talking to. It was like a performer. Like I'm a singer. I was like, I, and I said, so I might be like this forever. And he literally goes, yeah. Oh my <laughs> like, why God. Why would you do that? And, and so why it can happen with pregnant women is because it is nerve compression. And so the baby is literally sitting on a nerve somewhere that causes it. But it can happen from a viral infection. It can happen if you've traveled and caught a viral infection. Some people say it can happen from stress. My so many people had it from Lyme. So many pe- yes, so many people came out of the woodwork to share with me that they had it. Yeah. When I ended up looking it up, it was so common. It would have helped me to see that it was so common. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, And so um, it is a, it is. For me, it for, was because for, I was for pregnant. pregnancy, is it more common in pregnancy than in the general population? That is a good question. I don't know. Pregnant women are at a higher risk of developing Bell's palsy than the non-pregnant population. Studies have demonstrated that the majority of cases of Bell's palsy in pregnancy occur during the third trimester or within seven days of delivery. Yikes! Bell's palsy occurs when the seventh cranial nerve becomes swollen or compressed, resulting in facial weakness or paralysis. The exact cause of this damage is unknown, but many medical researchers believe it's most likely triggered by a viral infection. And so I'd be it'd be harder, I would think, to have it not with being pregnant because at least I could look to an end date of when it would hopefully start to go away. So yeah. And then the very next day after that, Oh, I'm going to show you a picture. (laughs) I looked like I looked crazy. I looked crazy. My eye was like a broken eye doll. A broken. Okay, here we go again. A broken doll eye, where um, it would stay open. It would not blink. And I have contacts, so I could not drive. I couldn't open my mouth wider than this to eat. My nose. I already have like a very thin nostril. I had to do like a breathing strip at night to breathe. And hot. I had to sleep with a sleep mask that my eye would stay closed. The week after that, my blood pressure was so high that they're like, we're really worried about preeclampsia so you're going to have to take this gigantic orange jug and pee in it for 24 hours. <laughs> and let me tell you, when you get that orange jug, there ain't nothing else that can be in it when you walk out of the office with that. Oh my god. Everybody knows it's very obvious. Oh so this is my picture. I've still got my breathing strip on. My mom looks amazing. This is me trying to smile. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
it's just you, not I hmm. you're unrecognizable. Well, I also did gain 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Most of which has come off now, but I did gain 50 pounds. And it just was apparently all in my face. <laughs> oh my gosh. But um yeah, what is crazy is so I mean pushing, can you imagine this face and then the pushing. pushing and I was convinced that I was going to have to have a C-section because again, cynicism, hypochondria and also basically just being told I had a small pelvis. That was another thing I was told oh. a long time ago. So by the time like it had happened, like that he was kind of like past that part and I was going to just have to give birth that way. I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like <laughs> not prepared at all. Really? I was truly that convinced that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, um, and so it was fine. It was weirdly fine. Um, if you wanted about epidural, got a little bit of epidural, but I literally didn't want a lot because um, I'd read all about this stuff. I decided what I wanted was to like be able to still feel stuff. And this guy really hooked me up. Um, and uh, I could kind of feel uh, not everything, but enough to know when to push. And I definitely felt him come out of me, which was the craziest feeling. Wow. Um, and it was out. I was kind of like not feeling enough so that I could be doing like bits and people we were laughing. It was actually quite joyous. So that again, I was thinking like, okay, great. My sister went to go get in and out. I'm like, fine. The nurse comes in. She's like, oh, we just, your bladder's a little full. So we're just going to empty it, whatever. And we're just going to, you know, we're just going to check this. <laughs> she pushes on my stomach and like a geyser of blood comes out. Oh my God. So I had clots oh and I had God. hemorrhaging. And oh um, all of a sudden, like all these people are there, right? Like yes. all of a sudden you're getting a shot in the leg and this, and this, and this. And again, remember my mental state and how I am or anyways around hospitals. Yeah. It's that thing where people get quiet and very busy. Do you yes, know what I mean? Yes. Where you're like, oh God, this is yeah. bad. Later, I'm my focused. doctor was like, oh, it was totally fine. We didn't even give you a transfusion or whatever. But <laughs> at the time, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's that thing where sometimes people just don't realize that the patient is like, and the worst case scenario uh, yeah. in their head. And so I was so out of it anyways. This woman came in this very like gorgeous looking Grey's Anatomy style doctor. And she literally goes like, people didn't understand why I was upset. She was like, what are you concerned about? And I was like, well, first of all, I just gave birth. <laughs> the baby has been taken away just to be given the, like, I don't know, they, they do. It, he didn't have to be taken away for any bad reasons. Yeah. It was just all of a sudden he wasn't there. And I can't remember what they were doing. But all I know is he was not, he was gone. And all these people were there. And in order to get rid of the clots, they push down on your uterus in a way that it feels like they're trying to reach your spine. Yeah. And in my brain, it reset my threshold for pain. It was oh. the worst pain I have ever felt. And they did it eight times in the next like 10 hours. Oh. It was like different people. It was like, let me try. It was like everyone. It was like, it was comical at a certain point, but it wasn't. I said, I feel like I'm in a Grey's Anatomy episode. <laughs> and I'm in that woman who's like an older mom and then everything's great. And she has the baby. And then a nurse notices one thing on the monitor. And is like, oh no! And in the end of the episode, I die. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. They were like, no, no, no. They all became much nicer. Oh. The woman held my hand. I was like, well, thank you. <sighs> and so, yeah, I mean, within 24 hours, it was taken care of. So it was clearly not a bad thing. But when they gave me my discharge papers, it is pretty crazy to look at because it's like you read. It was a paragraph. It was like Bell's palsy, gestational hypertension, hemorrhaging, like advanced maternal age. I was like, Jesus Christ, I got to get out of here. I was like, yeah, how did like I had the feeling of like getting away with something, honestly, after all that I was like, whew, very grateful that he was fine. Yeah. Grateful that I was fine. And and your finger. And my <laughs> finger. I mean, that's what the hilarious thing is. Like I said, everything that happened, I'd be like, whoa, this is going to be hard. And then something else would happen. I'd be oh, like, remember God. when all you had to do was wash your open wound of a finger? <laughs> oh, the good old days. God. I will say that within 20, 48 hours, I'd say 20, maybe 48 hours, the symptoms started to go away of my Bell's palsy. <gasps> 
Wonderful because Which was thank God. Because he wasn't stepping on your nerves anymore. Yes. And it was like, okay, look how cute you are. If you had to step on my nerves and like ruin my face so you had a cute face, fine. Yeah. But you know, it was that there's that moment of like what if it ha- you know it's it's at the time it was just crazy yeah because you have and no idea if it's gonna the be last the last thing of your that's life. of course the residual is i still have i so now i have is something called pubic symphysis so that symphysis. pelvis symphysis yeah don't be jealous the symphysis pubic is found on the anterior side of the pelvis and is the anterior boundary of the perineum the pubic bones form a cartilaginous joint in the median plane the symphysis pubis the joint keeps the two bones of the pelvis together and steady during activity. So, pubic symphysis dysfunction has been described as a collection of signs and symptoms of discomfort and pain in the pelvic area, including pelvic pain radiating to the upper thighs and perineum. These occur due to the physiological pelvic ligament relaxation and increased joint mobility seen in pregnancy. The severity of the symptoms varies from mild discomfort to severely debilitating pain. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. The pelvis still is separated. Okay. In my case, it didn't go back together yet. Okay. The great news about this these days is that ladies listening, you don't, you know, if there's weird things that are happening, I feel like back in the day, doctors would just be like, nah, you had a baby. That's life now. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I yeah. pee every time I sneeze or I can't even, you uh, which know, I did today. Hey, well, there you go. <laughs> so I'm already ready for your <laughs> But even if that childbirth. happens for people who have not had a baby, there are pelvic floor specialists now. There are yeah. pe- like insurance covers it. The fact that I can go to a, a special per- therapist yeah. and they can literally help me with this and it doesn't have to just be, well, this is life now. Because I started noticing it. You know, I sat for so long for like a couple weeks that I didn't, you know, it wasn't until one for the six week appointment. And she, I mentioned like, I'm hearing a clicking sound and I'm feeling like it feels like broken Lego parts down there is the best way I can describe wow. it. Wow. And I can't even lift my leg up to put on pants. Oh. And um, I still wake up every morning with hip and joint pain that is so bad that I'm walking like an arthritic person. And she was like, okay, then that's what you have. And so, so I went into it assessed. ligaments? It's both. It's, it's, it's the actual pubic bone. Uh-huh. It, 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 the, the whole thing actually separates. <laughs> Sound like Porky Pig from it. I mean, I mean, I mean, it maybe- the whole thing <laughs> separates. But then now that I've learned... There are some, I've had the full like internal pelvic exam, which is like so weird where they're oh. just like pushing on weird things where they're like, how's this feel? How's this feel? All of these tendons for the hip and for like, you know, uh-huh. inside here, like the leg, they're all connected to what's going on. And apparently I have one leg bigger, this is bigger, longer than the other. That uh-huh. has never been a problem. But because of all of this, now my hips are offset. So that's my hips are hurting. I mean, I went to the mall maybe like seven weeks after for the first time. It was our first time out. And after 20 minutes, I was hobbling. Like it was, uh, it was crippling pain. Wow. And I was just like, okay, so now what's this thing? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it has been really challenging because the PT is very painful. She'll have to literally press on my pubic bone to get it back in. Like it'll, it'll kind of shift like a yeah. tectonic plate and it's very painful. And the, the way I have to sleep is hysterical now with like, you know, all these pillows and like dealing with a dog who like wants to sleep in bed different ways with the right. dogs that, you know, it's just hilarious. And um, the PT exercises are very involved and very challenging. I guess all I can say though, is that like it has worked. It's, it's just better. that the kick in the real kick in the groin is that 
the relaxin, that good old friend yes. relaxin, doesn't really go away until you stop breastfeeding. Okay. So this whole symphysis thing doesn't go away until you actually stop breastfeeding, which you're supposed to do for a year. It's like, okay, so then do I hobble so for a year? Is a, a result of the PG whatever it was? Yes. It's like in some cases, some people's PGP goes away right after giving birth. Mm. It, it, she's like, you weren't diagnosed with it beforehand, so it's hard to say if that's what you had. You know, this is what you have now, mm-hmm. but it sounds like it's what you had before. And they're basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people just are lucky and it goes away. Wow. But for me, it was just a more, I mean, she didn't say it's the worst case ever, but you know, when I asked her when it goes away, it's like she, when someone sighs and goes, <sighs> you're like, oh God, <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's like, I said a year. She's like, it should be okay in a year. I was like, God almighty. Wow. You know? So it's just like, if I had to, if I had to like break into a dead sprint for some reason, I wouldn't be able to, you know, wow. I can definitely walk longer now. Stairs are still kind of an issue. Um, but when he wasn't sleeping for a while, like during this four month, sometimes they have a sleep regression. I was kind of up on my feet with him every 20 minutes. And that was, it was getting ridiculous because my whole body was in pain. So it is supposedly getting better, but that's something that I never heard of. I wish I'd heard of it. So now if that's able to help any ladies that hear about this, that's great. You have <laughs> gone through a hell of a lot Nicole Parker well, from Mad TV and Wicked. It sounds and, like all of us have. I mean, I was so excited when I saw that you followed me. Cause, cause oh, my I God, of course. I just think of you as that famous girl from when I was at I.O. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> look. And then I was, and then you messaged me, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm gonna see if she has a story." And <laughs> wow, you certainly did. Holy shit! Well, it's just a lot of new terminology for you to to yeah. look up. And so you basically went through four years of trying, and then ended up getting pregnant <laughs> That's naturally. Shocking, because I'm forgetting how old I am now. I'm like, it hasn't been four years. It's been four or years. Or maybe you went through three. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's been yeah, three and a half. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 And, you know, this is something maybe to keep in mind that's interesting because I feel like it happens a lot with people who try for a really long time. Then all of a sudden you have a baby and then like you, anytime you feel tired or I always be like, gosh, I just need to not feel tired. I just need to be grateful. But it's like, no matter how long you wait, you're still a new mom. It's still going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like I do, I I try to be quicker to be like, I can't, I'm just so excited. Like, like imagine me two years ago, you'd be killing to feel (sighs) this terrible. Do you know what I mean? Like you'd be, you'd kill to be in this much pain. Uh, You'd kill to be this nauseous, you know? like uh it was helpful a lot of times to go back to old me and just remember like doesn't matter you'd still you wouldn't try like you'd still want to go through yes. whatever you're going through you know to get what you got oh um, yeah that's um, good. So it was just important to remember. And at the same time, it's also okay to still fi- to still it's, have tried yeah. to um, uh, not, I didn't have to fight for as long as most people have, but just still to go through the journey and fight and still kind of like have days where you're like, God damn, this is bullshit. You know, yeah, it's like, that's, also allowed it's to be still okay. Off. Cause yeah. it's still really hard, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a, that was a helpful reminder to me. Yeah. Um, Again, I will say it again, even though it's gone on too long. This podcast is great. I think it's really wonderful. And, I, and I'm thankful to you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And thank you for being a listener. Of course. I will continue to Thanks be. Thanks for having me in your bed and introducing <laughs> me to your baby and your dog and you your got husband. The whole, you got the whole Megillah today. You really got the whole thing. I know. It was, <laughs> it was a great Saturday. Thank you so much. Well, my pleasure. Goodbye. Vanity. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Spermcast today. I have good news. I am in a much, much, much better mood than I was when I recorded that intro earlier today. Oh, you guys caught me at a bad time. I had just come from the fertility clinic and I was having, well, you know how I was because you, you heard it. Anyway, it's now midnight. I just got home from watching The Bachelor 
and life is good again. I took my estrace pill tonight, which means I've started my cycle and I feel good about it. Now I'm gonna get out of here because we don't have any time. So, you know, follow me on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash spermcast. If you want extra content, call me or text me at 323-741-1818. Email me at spermcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at spermcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I'll talk to you next week. Hopefully I'll be with my mom, maybe somewhere in the Bahamas, but maybe we'll just be at the farm taking care of business. And I'm sure my mood will be even better. Love you so much. Bye-bye. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay to straight, black to white. Tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by Acast. 